So here is what I would say. Scarcity is not bad. Scarcity gives us purpose, mm-hmm. right? People think scarcity is such a bad thing, but if you relabel uh, that list and call it your purpose list, this is what I want to achieve. This is the need that I have that I want to fulfill. Mm-hmm. It, we are living for something, right? If I have no purpose in life, what will I wake up for tomorrow? I have to strive for something. I have to have a reason to motivate me to get me out of bed, right? Abundance, on the other hand, is the way I look at it is what I have already achieved, what I really, really wanted in my life. So this is an exercise that I like to do, right? I make a list. I make a list of five things that I want that I don't yet have. That's my scarcity or my purpose list, right? And a lot of us have those lists. I want a big car. I want a big house. I want this. I want that. All of these things that we want to achieve, our goals. Our goals, when we get stuck in that, they become our scarcity list because those are things we don't yet have. Mm. Right next to my scarcity list, or like I like to call it my purpose list, my goal list, I create a separate list of five things that I really, really, really want in my life that I already have. Mm-hmm. Either it has been given to me or I have achieved it. I have, you know, it's much more powerful than a, than a gratitude list, which is what a lot of people do. But I feel that the gratitude list, if you're not careful, it becomes a surface list of things that, you know, like a task. Oh, I have to be grateful for this. I, I'm going to say that I'm grateful for this. And people don't really dig deep and they don't get the, the plus that they should be getting or the value they should be getting from making that gratitude list. So I call it an abundance list. And I think about what do I really, really want? I want a loving family and I have one. I've worked hard for it. I want a beautiful home and I have one. And when I place both those lists together, the purpose list or the scarcity list does not feel quite as intimidating as, and it doesn't, put me in that vicious cycle of I don't have this maybe I am not good enough for it maybe I can't achieve this because right next to it there are these constant reminders that I have achieved look at all the things that I have achieved and if I can achieve this and I can get all of these things that I really wanted why can't I get these other things that I really want Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Grow Theory Podcast. Today's guest is amazing. Her name is Artie, and she is a happiness coach. This is so cool because she helps people learn how to master their sensitivity, deal with emotional overwhelm, and develop self-love, and turn down the volumes of other people's opinions, expectations, and judgments. As a result, they can spend less of life as absorbing all of the suffering around them, or as she would call it, a suffering sponge. I love that. And spend more time as a happy, healthy individual who uses their talents to make the world a better place. Ari, I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to be here, Tina. It's been lovely talking to you and getting to know you. So I'm I'm super stoked that you invited me to your podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Y'all, I got to be a part of a networking group recently, all last month, actually. And she was one of the presenters. And 
I was just blown away by the concept of a happiness coach that I said, I have got to get this lady on the show. So to jump right in, Artie, what do listeners that are listening right now need to understand about happiness? That it is something that is not something that you can receive from other people. It is something that you have full control over your happiness. Um, This is something that I like to tell people that happiness is evidence of you being in soul alignment. When you are doing what your soul wants you to do, when you are being yourself truly, that is where your happiness comes from. When you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing and not what you think you're supposed to be doing, the shoulds, the coulds, the, you know, I have to, all of those those are detractors from your happiness. Mm-hmm. But the I want to, I'm doing it because I want to. Those are the, that is where happiness comes from. I love that so much. So happiness should come from a place of desire almost. Ah, oh, that's so good. And it, and it can be very simple. Happiness is not just, you know, being, you know, super energetic and laughing and all of that. It it can be as simple as being at peace with a decision that you've made mm-hmm. because that gives you, uh, you're able to sleep at night knowing that you made the right choice for yourself. Yes, I love that. Happiness is like peace. I love that so much. So I know some people listening may be like, oh gosh, happiness, you know, the, the world is full of challenging times. How can we be happy in the midst of so much. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, what advice would you have for people who experience challenges in their life, whether it's small or whatever, I'm not going to put a size on it, but just experience challenges, period. How can they tap into that peace and that joy? So the question, I'm not big on giving advice to people because I feel like advice is dime a dozen. What I would ask or what I do ask the people who come to me and ask me the same question um, is what you should be asking, the right question to be asking is, are you up for the challenge? Mm. Because life is always going to be hard. Your hard may differ from time to time. Um, Your hard, Tina, may look different from my hard. And that doesn't make it any easier. Life is always going to be challenging, right? You see people who are doing better than you and you think that their life is easier. But the one thing that has always kept me going is one simple question that I ask myself is, am I up for this challenge? And there are three possible answers, right? There is a yes. Yes, I'm up for the challenge. That'll, that opens up my brain to all these creative answers, solutions. I start looking, I immediately go into problem solving mode that yes, I can do this. I can uh, figure out how to get past this challenge. If the answer is no, then I ask for help. And that's one of the hardest things that people, that I used to have a lot, my younger self had a lot of trouble asking for help. Mm. But I didn't, I, I realized that I didn't have to do everything or go through everything by myself. There is so much power in community and I can ask for help. Just like other people come to me and ask for help when they are struggling, I can do the same. And that helps me go through these challenging times. And if the answer is maybe, I like to experiment to see whether I can do it myself. And if not, then I go to other people who can help me. Yeah. 
Oh, that is so good. That is so powerful. Cause I love how you're like, I don't have advice. This is for you to take control over. And I guess it goes back to your earlier when you said that we have control over the happiness. So I love that so much. You, we spoke recently and you told me a story of a volcano and I would love for you to share that in regards to perspective in life, because I know you mentioned, you know, my heart may look different from your heart. And I think it is important for us to remember the truth that perspective is everything. So this is the most beautiful uh description of perspective that I heard and it's not actually my story it is from a spiritual teacher called Sadhguru and I was listening to one of his podcasts on the uh, the Tony Robbins show he appeared as a guest there and this is something which is very aligned with what I believe which is that we are the center of our universe so we see life through our lenses right and this is the way he described it. He said, if you are, if you look at a volcano, right? And if you are living within a certain radius of the volcano and it goes off, you're going to have a very different perspective from somebody who is sitting very far away from the volcano and watches it go off. Mm -hmm. Because when you're living or standing right under the volcano, you're going to be worried about death, destruction, all the bad things that can happen to you. But when you are far away from the volcano and just watching it explode, it's going to be the most magnificent sight that you, you know, the most magnificent experience that you've ever had. And that was, that, that was like the best description of perspective that I had ever heard because I was like, yes. And depending on where I am in life, my perspective is going to be different and people get stuck in um, one of the things that I've realized is that it's so important to realize that you can only see your perspective from your point of view mm-hmm. and your, you know uh, how we had this uh, on social media there was this um, picture that was making the rounds it was uh, whether it's a pink dress or a blue dress, what do you see, right? That That's exactly what perspective is all about. Mm-hmm. And there were so many people saying it's a blue dress and so many others who were saying, I can only see a pink dress. I don't know where you can see blue, yeah. but that's what perspective is like. And then people get stuck in whether I'm right or you're right. Mm-hmm. Who's wrong? If, you know, so this right and wrong concept needs to be taken away from perspective. It's about what's right for you is right for you. And somebody else might be looking at it and seeing a blue dress that doesn't make them wrong. Yes, that is so good. Oh, I love that story so much because it goes to show, especially like if you're under the volcano in your life in that in today's season, you will be away from it eventually and you'll look back on it and it may be a beautiful sight to look back on, but maybe in the moment it's, oh my gosh, this is destruction. So I wanted to kind of pivot and talk about scarcity and abundance because I saw this was talked about on your Instagram page and I just am fascinated by the concept so I would love for you to share the importance of why it's important for us to operate from a place of abundance and not scarcity even if we think our life is looking a little scarce so here is what I would say scarcity is not bad scarcity gives us purpose Right. Mm -hmm. People think scarcity is such a bad thing, but 
if you relabel uh, that list and call it your purpose list, this is what I want to achieve. This is the need that I have that I want to fulfill. Mm. It, we are living for something, right? If I have no purpose in life, what will I wake up for tomorrow? I have to strive for something. I have to have a reason to motivate me to get me out of bed, right? Yeah. Abundance, on the other hand, is the way I look at it is what I have already achieved, what I really, really wanted in my life. So this is an exercise that I like to do, right? I make a list. I make a list of five things that I want that I don't yet have. That's my scarcity or my purpose list, right? And a lot of us have those lists. I want a big car. I want a big house. I want this. I want that. All of these things that we want to achieve, our goals. Yeah. Our goals, when we get stuck in that, they become our scarcity list because those are things we don't yet have. Mm. Right next to my scarcity list, or like I call, like to call it my purpose list, my goal list, I create a separate list of five things that I really, really, really want in my life that I already have. Either it has been given to me or I have achieved it. I have, you know, it's much more powerful than a, than a gratitude list, which is what a lot of people do. But I feel that the gratitude list, if you're not careful, it becomes a surface list of things that, you know, like a task. Oh, I have to be grateful for this. I, I'm going to say that I'm grateful for this. And people don't really dig deep and they don't get the, the plus that they should be getting or the value they should be getting from making that gratitude list. So I call it an abundance list. And I think about what do I really, really want? I want a loving family and I have one. I've worked hard for it. I want a beautiful home and I have one. And when I place both those lists together, the purpose list or the scarcity list does not feel quite as intimidating as, and it doesn't, put me in that vicious cycle of, I don't have this, maybe I'm not good enough for it, maybe I can't achieve this, because right next to it, there are these constant reminders that I have achieved, look at all the things that I have achieved. And mm -hmm. if I can achieve this, and I can get all of these things that I really wanted, why can't I get these other things that I really want? Oh, Ari, I mean, just blown away. That is so freaking powerful. I'm over here taking notes. <laughs> I love that so much. I love that. So there's so many gems there, but I love the concept of scarcity could be your purpose list. Like instead of yeah. what you're lacking, it's, this is, this is your, there's purpose. There's goals yeah. here. Like, you know, yeah. it doesn't have to be, Oh my gosh, looking at it as a bad thing. It should be inspiring actually. Mm -hmm. And I love the abundance versus the gratitude because that's so true. I identify with everything you said, like sometimes we think that list has to look a certain way, but just to write out what you already have achieved or you already have access to now makes it just so uh, light, but also like more heartwarming, you know? Because your abundance list of focusing on what you really, really wanted and have achieved versus just having a gratitude list. Here is how I explain the difference, right? Mm -hmm. It has to have emotional resonance. You can make a very long gratitude list, but if it does not emotionally resonate with you, it isn't going to do its job. For example, I live in Florida, right? Um, ice is something that I'm grateful for, being able to put ice in my drinks and, and I'm really grateful for it, but would my life be any worse or deeply affected if my ice maker stopped working? 
I'm grateful for rice, but I can live without it. Mm-hmm. But can I live without hot water in my shower? No, it would <laughs> deeply affect my life. So I am so grateful that I have hot water in my shower every morning. That would deeply, so the, the way I think about these two things, they have a different emotional resonance in me. Mm. So surface gratitude is not going to bring that abundance mindset. So that's why I like to think about what I really, really want that I already have. I have hot water. I'm really happy about it. I love that so much. Oh, so many good things here. Okay. So I wanted to touch on this question because I saw it on your page and I was like, oh, we have to touch on this. The concept of good enough versus perfection. And as somebody who struggles with perfectionism, a lot of us do if we're in a, you know, our own business or whatever, there's people who are perfectionists when it comes to their house. Like you can't come over, it's awful. And it looks like it's perfect, you know, to somebody else's eyes. Can you talk to us about the concept of good enough and perfection? We strive for perfection when we don't think that what we have already or what we have created is good enough. Mm. Those two things go together. We we can always find faults. There is no such thing as perfect in my opinion. It is only when we determine from our perspective that something is perfect. When when we feel that it's now it's done, right? Mm. But that determination is made by us and we forget that. Mm. Yeah. We keep striving. There is a fear there that I can make this better. I can do better. Yes, you can. But at what? At some point you have to stop and ask, is this good enough? Because mm. for example, like, you know, for me, it's about making content or making my art. Mm. And I realized that stri- I would make all these drawings and I would always try and make it better. I never thought it was good enough. Yes. And I realized everybody else couldn't even see the differences in the cha- all of the changes that I had made. For them, it was good enough. It was just me who was being my own harshest critic, yeah. right? And so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do my best and call it good enough and call it done. Because some, as long as I kept running for perfectionism, nothing got done. The action piece, I would fail at that. I wouldn't get past that. And I would get stuck in that fear and the vicious cycle of this is not perfect yet. I need to make this better somehow. I need, you know, there's something missing. But what was missing wasn't in that, in that piece of work, it was missing in me. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was worthy or good enough to be doing that work. And that is something I had to address in myself. Like I'm showing up for this podcast and I, there was fear that I, it, you know, that this needs to be perfect. I need to say the perfect words so that people can understand what's in my mind. But then I was like, you know what? That's okay. You're Whatever I, I'm, I'm showing up is good enough. You're doing awesome. You're doing so good. And I, I resonate with what you're saying because when it comes to releasing something new or even just creating content to be put out there, you like, we overthink it. Um, oh, like me, we'll get, I get stuck in the idea of it and not execute because it's like, oh, I don't like that. Or the lighting was off, or I need the perfect camera or I need this and that. And it's like, I watch people. I resonate with people who don't have anything perfect, <laughs> you know, like they'll, they'll just be recording a YouTube video on their phone 
or the lighting is horrible and you realize like, okay, but they're showing up. They don't care. I'm sure maybe they do. I don't know, but it doesn't show that they care and I'm still eating it up. I love it, you know? And so I guess when we try to be perfect, we're missing out on an opportunity for other people to come into our space and learn from us. Yeah, perfectionism is another uh, synonym for procrastination. Yes. <laughs> because when you get into that, I need it to be perfect, you keep putting it off and all these fears um, start playing in your mind and then you begin operating from that fear and you get stuck in that cycle. You know, you, you end up thinking, this is not perfect because I don't think it's good enough, but mm-hmm. it is good enough. It depends on the perspective of the person watching it right? If I were to go to somebody who's a really, um, who's an art critic, and I show him my work, he may not think it's perfect from his perspective. Whereas if I show it to my husband, he's going to be like, wow, this is the best piece of art I've ever seen. (laughs) It's perfect. So (laughs) so that perfection is, is, is about perspective. So you have to figure out where on that scale you want to be. And if you think you're perfect, everything that you put out is going to be perfect. Yes, it will reflect out. Oh, so good. I wanted to ask to piggyback off of this because as someone who has struggled with perfectionism and how you said you put it off, it's like, you know that you're procrastinating. You know that you are selling yourself short, right? So then there's this feeling of like guilt that comes over. And I wanted to ask, you know, why is self-forgiveness so important? for a happy life, because I know sometimes we, we will procrastinate or we will put things off and then we beat ourselves up and then it's like, okay, I'll get to it tomorrow. And then you don't, the self-forgiveness, let's talk about why that's important to have a, a happier life. So procrastination comes from fear, right? Mm-hmm. There is you, and it may not just be fear. It could also be that you haven't found the right way you may be trying to do something in a way that you think you should be doing it. Um, for example, going back to your uh, example of, you know, that you need the perfect camera, you need this, you need that and all of that. Um, we think that that is going to make things perfect because that's how professionals do it. That's how it, it's going to come out looking, you know, very sophisticated and all of those things. Um, but What I have now started doing is asking myself, how do I want to do it? Is this going to work for me? And I, as soon as I find the way, instead of focusing on how I should be doing it as per somebody else's measure, Mm -hmm. if I show up or find a way that aligns with me that I feel comfortable with, the job gets done. Yes. Right. And this ties into self-forgiveness or love of self in a very simple way. When I am, I have to accept that I am unique Mm -hmm. and that I have to love myself enough to open up my mind to solutions that work for me Mm -hmm. and not by somebody else's definition of what is working. That works for them. Yeah. But a lot of our guilt, our pain, our problems are, come from trying to fit into other people's boxes. There's nothing wrong with learning from other people, but at the end of the day, that learning has to be applied to your life. Yes. Uh, all right. You, mic drop. <laughs> 
You are so epic. And I'm so glad that you came on today on the show. I know the listeners have been taking notes. Like I have been taking notes. And if you haven't, play it on back. Okay, get a pen and paper and listen and take notes. Already can be found. I'm going to leave all of her stuff in the description box. If you want to follow her on Instagram, have a consultation call with her. I'm telling you, this is just like the tip of the iceberg of all the things that she has to offer. And, you know, with everything happening in the world and just even in your personal life, I think having a happiness coach is definitely something that we all could use. Artie, do you have anything that you'd like to say in closing? No, I, I mean, I said it in the first uh, state in the first question where you asked me what is happiness. Happiness is about being aligned with your soul and that we don't recognize what makes us happy because we are not willing to acknowledge that we have control over our lives, over our choices. We have free will. You know, the first 20 years of our lives, we don't believe that we have free will because we're living with our parents, our caregivers, they're taking care of us. And we, unless we, you know, by the time you're like 20, 25, that's when you start realizing that, oh my God, I'm an adult and I have choices, but it's so much easier to just go by, you know, walk the path that somebody else has already paved for us Mm -hmm. instead of going and chasing the butterflies that your heart really desires. And that comes from, you know, loving yourself. Happiness comes from loving yourself. And if you don't love yourself, you will always doubt other people's love for you. You won't be you won't be able to receive love the way you want, the way you need, mm. until you think you're worthy of being loved. And if you don't love yourself, then you don't think you're worthy of being loved. So how can you be happy? Other people can't give you that happiness. Yes, Ardi, uh, you're amazing. Thank you so much again for coming on. Like I mentioned, all of her stuff will be in the show notes. Go follow this woman. She's going to change the planet. So you heard it here first. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you.